What's going on, guys? We are back. It is Wednesday. This is the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Sean and I jumped right in talking about the Jets first today. Then we did a long, sad, somber take on the Giants. Then we went around the AFC. Moving on to the NFC after, we recapped our abysmal picks for week two. We both went one and three. Then we jumped in. I think we're going to do a little bit better this week. We went with our week four picks. And then just talked about the Jets and the Giants a little bit more. So follow us on Twitter, at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. And always check out the website. Sean's got a really good new article up there crying about Shaquan Barkley. So give that one a look and um, enjoy the night and enjoy the pod. What's going on, everybody? We are back um, on sorry to interrupt. It is the Wednesday NFL edition of the pod. Finally, Tom, we had to reel him in in case you guys didn't hear yet on Monday. I mean, he was chomping at the bit. So we're ready to go now. It is nine uh, ten Eastern time. Uh, all the games from week two are done. We are a day away from week three where Tom's Jets take on the Browns. We'll get into that, but let's start it off. Tom, good evening, sir. How are you? You okay? <laughs> I feel fine. Between I the feel Yankees fine. and the Giants, man, there's not much to root for. Yanks now. are taking a few. We're not here to talk about that, though. I've had a few uh, days to get over the postmortem that is the Giants' 2017. I'm sorry, 2018 oh. season, which is the same thing essentially. It feels like it never ended. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, I want to start with your New York Football Jets. They played their home opener on Sunday. Sam Darnold got a chance to play in front of the home crowd after that mm-hmm. beautiful performance last Monday night yeah. in Detroit. What are your takeaways, sir? I'm not going to be too hard on the Jets. Um, I watch pretty much every snap on this game. I think that i got to give a lot of credit to the Miami Dolphins. I think they had a really good game plan, to be honest with you. They stopped the run, and when you have a really young quarterback that's still getting a feel for the NFL only in his second career game, you know the Jets ran all over. Aside from their great defensive performance against the Lions, the Jets ran all over them as well, between Crowell and Powell. And the Dolphins basically just said, we're going to stop the run, we're going to load up the box, and we're going to see what this guy can do. He threw an early pick um, when the Jets were driving down the field, and I think that swung I think that was a really impactful um, little play there and I think it swung the entire game yeah and he had that one play to prior and and truthfully like that, that play was on prior, prior. yeah yes, that yes. that was that was one of those interceptions that goes against the quarterback but that was really the wide receivers fault um, Sam Darnold said everything right. He put it all on himself, though. I mean, we talked about this, and if you if you go to the article that I posted on SorrySports.com uh, last week, um, you know, going into that week two game, you're gonna ride the highs and lows that is Sam Darnold's rookie season. But he shows me even in a loss, man. I mean, I watched most of that game as well because my horrible team wasn't on until the Sunday night game. Honestly. Darnold's still impressive, even in a oh, loss. You know, absolutely. he shows poise. Nothing gets away from him. Do you think that possibly the Dolphins, as we, you know, get into them later on down the line here in this episode, do you think the Dolphins are maybe a little bit better than we thought they were? Or is it too early to tell as they've played the Titans and now the Jets? I mean, I think we had the Giants ranked third in the AFC um, East. You're talking about the near Jets. No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought we're talking about the Dolphins. Uh, I think we had, Jesus Christ. I think we had the Dolphins ranked third. I think they're about that. They're going to be neck and neck with the Jets. I think the Jets are an 8-8 eight eight team the way I see it. They're going to have some games like that, but they're going to have some games like Detroit. 
Um, and I think that the Dolphins, it all hinges on Tannehill. They're really good coaching, really good job against the Jets. They went in there with a game plan and they executed. And Tannehill did enough to manage the game. Really good rushing. I believe he had like 65 yards rushing. Um, and I think that they they did a really good job managing the game. I don't think they're a playoff team by any stretch, but I think that they'll probably finish second. Maybe you made the a, Jets are maybe the Jets are an eight and eight. Maybe they're six and ten. Maybe. I mean, you made a good point uh, last week, where when we were analyzing the Jets Lions matchup, we said, "Eh, both teams are probably somewhere in between." And I think probably the Jets are closer to an in between than the Lions are. I think the Lions could be as bad as as they are especially now being down 0-2 I was impressed with the Dolphins truthfully I mean you gotta remember that jet crowd was live man they were ready to go and and especially crowd since probably um the year where they started off the season and Revis had a pick six right before he tore his ACL um and he had a huge you know they had a huge win Sanchez had a good game that was the Dallas Sunday night game right was that week one a a couple years back It it was a day game I believe it was in 2012 Okay. That was the most live I've seen that crowd since then, and rightfully so. They're fucking terrible over the past few years. Yeah, I was thinking of that Sunday night game. I think that opened up the 2011 season in MetLife where Revis ran a pick six back against Romo. Yeah, I mean, they, they've had a couple like hot starts to seasons, um, and, and they, get that, they get that home win or they feed off the crowd and momentum from a first away game, which was the case this week. Um, just couldn't put it through. I think Miami has shown composure, and, and and maybe we didn't give Tannehill his due. I mean, it's so early on. We'll see what happens. Maybe they're a little bit better, though, than we initially thought. I think they'll end up finishing second. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in, in a, obviously the epitome of top-heavy AFC East. Um, if you don't mind, because that's kind of where I wanted to go with the Jets, I think, we like we were going to say, with Darnold, you're going to ride the roller coaster. He's going to have great performances. He's going to have some performances that aren't great. But if he can show poise and he can play under control, allow him to go through the growing pains, which was the whole point of the pick anyway, your team's not ready to win the Super Bowl at this point. You know, see what you can get out of him and at least by the yeah. end of the season say, listen, we feel really good about the next eight to ten years. I think if that game's played maybe five more weeks into the season, it's a little bit closer of a game as well. Uh, you and I both had the Jets in our picks, and we were both unsuccessful. Yeah, I was feeling the momentum from that first game, and maybe I got a little caught up in it, but they just played so dominant in all facets of the game. It's not like Darnold threw you know, for 500 yards that maybe isn't uh, you know, possible to do again in a second consecutive week, unless you're Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, <laughs> ridiculous as Damn. you're shaking your we'll head. We'll talk about that earlier. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the way they dominated on defense, the way they, you know, owned special teams, I really thought that, hey, you know, I didn't really give the Dolphins their the due that maybe they deserve. Well, you know, there's a lot to be seen still after only two weeks of football. But, yeah, we were both wrong. It is what it is. Um, I still feel good about the situation the Jets are in. Um, how about you? Any last thoughts on that performance and going forward? I think the Dolphins, as you said, are a little bit better. They got some weapons down there. Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore goes number four on all-time rushing list. He's never been a fun player, but he's a very consistent player. Hasn't missed a game since 2010. He's one of those guys where it's like you probably were never, ever happy to have him on your fantasy team, but he was a guy you never about, liked to face on your fantasy team. There was team. about two seasons where he was a very, very productive fantasy player. But aside from that, just a steady player, and he plays every single week, probably a future Hall of Famer. Quick sidebar on him. Do you think he's a compiler, or do you think that he's still a legitimate NFL running back? I think he works hard enough to be a legitimate NFL running back, and he's averaging over four yards per carry. 
which is the standard in the NFL that you want to be above. So, Fair. I mean, that's like the Mendoza line in baseball. If you're a running back, you want to average four yards a carry or more to be successful. Right. And he is doing that even in limited time. So I don't think he's a detriment to the team at all. I think he's, you know, good veteran, definitely battle-tested. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't think he's a stat compiler. I just think, you know, when you play that long and you're that consistent, the stats are going to come and, and the numbers are going to fall. Um, but as for the as for the Dolphins as a whole, I think they're a little bit more talented than we gave them credit for. They have some good cornerbacks on the outside. They did a good job stopping the run, They and they got rid of a lot of locker room loud guys, Sue being the number one and Jarvis Landry being another one. And I think that really brought the team together. Now supposedly Devontae Parker is not happy, and he wants to be the next to go. You know, We just saw Josh Gordon move, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Very talented 26-year-old young wide receiver coming off a thumb injury. Maybe you'll see him go to a contender, but they still have Kenyon Drake, who you know from Alabama. Oh, dude, he was great. I mean, I put him. They in, still have I put Kenny him Stills. and TJ Yeldon kind of in that same category. Yeah, I mean, Drake's going to get a lot more touches, of course. No, no, but what the they were at college, yes. they were the same kind of guy. Absolutely, there's those. You know, you have those big backs like a Derrick Henry, like a swing back. Ingram, I mean, they, and they, then you got you, them. You can line mm-hmm. them up outside. They're they're kind of that complement to the big bruiser that was you know Trent Richardson or a uh, or a Derrick Henry. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think the Dolphins have a little bit more talent, and if Tannehill can stay healthy, which is a huge if, I think they're a little bit better than we thought. Not a playoff team, a little bit better than we thought, but if Tannehill goes down, that team's done. Call yeah. Up, oh call yeah. Call up Jay Cutler. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they. I'm sure they'll. Uh, they'll pass on that offer this year. Um, okay, so it's time to go on now to Here we my go. horrible, putrid despicable performance of a New York Giants game. Why don't we talk about the Cowboys first? No, okay? I'm gonna, no, 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 no. Let's talk about the Cowboys first so we can talk about the Giants for a while. Now, the Cowboys had one good play in that entire game. Ezekiel Elliott had like 36 yards rushing. and There was Jason nothing Garrett, impressive about Jason, that team. Yes, Jason Garrett, their defense was kind of impressive. Oh, please. But Jason yeah, Garrett designed was, a good play for once in his life. He probably skipped into work that day because he finally had a play. Tavon Austin had to be open. Thank you for Janoris Jenkins for falling down to start. So I text my friend. I was like, all right, here we go. It's time to go. Two minutes later, I just responded, fuck this. Like, it was that quick of a change of emotions. Cowboys didn't show me anything. They showed I me exactly. their defense looked good. You know what? I told you. I think you, their defense looked good against Carolina and their defense looked good in this game. I told you that they were the second best team in the division because of how little I thought of the Giants. And that was what Sunday night was. I don't think they're that good. The Giants offensive line made them look like the 85 Bears and the 2000 Ravens. That is a bad team. And they and aside from that pass to Tavon Austin to start it and ignite that crowd down there in Jerry World, they didn't do shit. But the Giants offensive line now somehow is even worse than last year. They couldn't pick up a blitz. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. And they ran the same play. Dallas kept running that corner but every single time. And they couldn't pick up on it. I, these are veterans. Some of them, Nate Solder is a veteran. I don't know what these guys are doing. Now their center's hurt down for the season. It doesn't really matter because he wasn't doing anything, but that's just another injury. They got to find somebody. The right side got torched again, and I'm going to go on on this. And I know this week, if you listen to sports radio, whether it's nationally, regionally, wherever, people are going to talk about is Eli done. Eli Manning has regressed. He's 37 years old, More and he was regressed. never a quarterback. He was never a quarterback that was going to make a a bad team great. He's not his brother. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. 
And to anybody that believed that he is just because he's won two Super Bowls, doesn't know the game of football. But I'll tell you another thing. There's no way you can grade any quarterback, any quarterback in the history of the game. Give me the best, give me the worst behind this shitstorm of an offensive line. This team sucks. And they didn't do anything to make it better. And again, dereliction of duty from the entire regime down. And I have to believe it's ownership because if you get rid of Jerry Reese, you bring in Dave Gettleman, who you believe is going to make the right personnel changes. And I understand they brought in Nate Solder and they drafted Will Hernandez. Nate Solder is well past his prime. We use this example off air. He's like a bad team that signs a number three or four starter to be their ace. That's what he is. He he's a guy who's probably the seventh to tenth best offense or left tackle in the game, and they sign him to the richest contract because they're so completely inept at that position. He's not great, man. And then Will Hernandez really like him. Think he's got a good upside early on. He's not a guy who's going to show any kind of real talent when there's nothing else around him. Eric Flowers, they move to the right side. He's just as bad there as he was on the left. And, I mean, the UI doesn't have a chance. And I just want to say this. Saquon Barkley, my God, is he good. And the nation got to see Sunday night what he's capable of doing just as a singular running back. My God, there was like the first five plays Chris Collinsworth pointed out that he made the first tackler miss. He's incredible, but it doesn't matter. And you know why it doesn't matter? Because he can't prove how great he is behind this offensive line. Eli is running for his life, bailing out, throwing these passes. Yeah, Barkley maybe takes a three-yard loss into a four-yard gain. Okay, it's second and six. Again, every single play, it's third and seven, third and eight, third and ten. They don't move the ball. They don't have any threat of moving the ball. And this poor guy who you now invest your future in trading away any possibility of a quarterback, and maybe they didn't like any quarterback. Maybe the entire thought process was Darnold isn't what we want. Mayfield was taken. Rosen isn't what we want. Allen isn't what we want. Whatever. Lamar Jackson we don't want. Fine. But you know what? At some point, you have to make a move for the future. And they just said, we're going to throw all our eggs in Eli Manning's basket behind a terrible offensive line. The skill positions don't mean anything when you have an awful offensive line. The Dallas Cowboys took Ezekiel Elliott at number three on a year when they lost Tony Romo and never had a backup, and they lost basically every game. But the offensive line was intact. They just didn't have a running back. They say, hey, let's get the best running back on the board. We're going to have a healthy Romo. They thought ended up being Prescott. Look how he flourished his rookie year playing behind that offensive line and having that running back. The same thing happened for Jacksonville. You know, Bortles was never a great talent, but they thought they could bail him out with that offensive line by taking Leonard Fournette. Exactly what happened, rode him to the AFC Championship game. The difference in the Giants is is you don't have an offensive line and you don't have a quarterback who's capable of compensating for an offensive line that's that bad. The poor guy, I feel bad for him. They're putting him on suicide watch. I mean, you watch the game too. I know I'm ranting, but come on. Like, this is no different from last year. You have this gem of a wide receiver, maybe the best in the league. He doesn't even get a touch in the second half. Barkley is only able to turn negative yardage into positive yardage and show off what he can do in the open field, but nothing for, you know, anything that matters. They scored 13 points, and they're lucky they scored that much. They suck. And, I mean, this is literally last year. It's as if the calendar never changed. It's an extension of 2017. Let me start off by saying this. I heard a stat yesterday. 
The Giants have not scored 30 points in 34 games. Yeah, 2015, I believe, was the last time they did it. And that was the year that their defense was historically bad. So clearly, they can't get anything right. 2016. They scored 30 points in the game in 2016. I was shocked because even that year when they went 11-5, and five, I could never remember them scoring points. Yeah, you could be right. So I'm going to preface it by saying this. We ranted and raved. You wrote multiple articles about it. All this, that, and the third. The Giants should have drafted Sam Darnold. And thank God for the Giants not doing it. I really appreciate it. I, I'm going to name my first kid Sam, probably. So, listen. That being said. You got a few years, but yeah. <laughs> that being said. I, why, if you're going to put all your eggs in Eli's basket, right? Eli Manning has never been a guy who can move around. He's not even a guy like Tom Brady slash Aaron Rodgers slash Peyton Manning that can manipulate in the pocket and move around well. He's never even been able to move around well in the pocket. Not to mention since probably 2013, Eli Manning has a habit of getting the yips and getting these phantom But you can't blame him. Because he's getting bludgeoned yeah. constantly. To where even if he has a clean pocket, he feels this imaginary pressure because, shit, I probably would too if I was getting hit Dude, 100 times Dude, he rushed a, a couple throws. There yes. was one to Beckham down the left sideline in the second half. It was like he rushed it and there was no one near him. But at that point, he had been sacked five times. I mean, he took some shots the other night that I can't believe he got so, up from. So my thing is this. If you are going to put all your eggs in the Eli basket because you think that there's a few good years left of Eli, which I think is abs- – maybe there's a few good years left of Eli in 2013. In my opinion, Eli's done. Thank you. As a, as a Giants fan's perspective, thank you for the two Super Bowls. You know, maybe we'll ride out the next two years with you as Sam Darnold or whoever it may be sits behind you. But Eli's done. The guy can't really make a play. He makes he underthrows everyone. I mean, and I'm he can st- he still is capable of managing an NFL game, but he is not your future. But if you're gonna put your eggs in Eli's basket, you can go out and get a running back in the fourth round. Why are you not drafting the guy who looks like he's going to be dominant on the Indianapolis Colts out of Notre Dame? Quentin Nelson, yeah. yes. Well, it, Eli Manning. You know what this feels like to me? Not to cut you off, and this is just a little conspiracy theory of mine, but it, I mean, it has validity in my opinion, and I'd like to get your take on it. The Giants absolutely raw dogged Eli last year by taking yes, him and out, they felt and they and they and they, and, and, and if they it. had made it for now recently cut Davis Webb, you know what? At least that's a bit more palatable. Than At Gino least Smith. that's to say, all right, it's the young kid you took in the third round. Let's see what he's got in a lost year. It was Geno Frucken Smith, who you well know as a Jet fan. Everybody knows from their time in New York and nationally that he's nothing. And it was the major, major slap in the face to a proud, to a honorable to a very successful player in your All franchise right, keep history. It in your pants. Oh, please. But it, seriously, this that's, isn't that's your what father. he is. He, what, oh, all right. Well, maybe when you get a franchise quarterback, you could say the same things. But you've never. My you franchise quarterback tries to make out with every single <laughs> sideline reporter that happens to be a female. He's a savage. Still. Years old. Talk about roll tide, <laughs> Joe Namath. But no, uh, I mean, come on. To do that to the poor guy. 
So it felt it felt like this entire I know exactly year what you're they are say. going to say this is we're gonna make it we're gonna make it where we're gonna put every weapon we can around okay. you to succeed. I completely agree with you. But your thank you to Eli is saying here is one of the worst offensive lines ever. Enjoy that. That's how it's turned out. Yeah, out enjoy you. dying. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna be carried so out of a body bag in week six. That's exactly my point. It doesn't take an offensive genius or a football genius to see that Eli Manning does not play well under pressure. Eli Manning historically, even when he was. 24 years old was a good quarterback when he had a clean pocket to throw. I mean, aside from the David Tyree throw where it was a broken play and Eli spun off two tackles and then threw a ball up there and the guy caught the ball on his helmet, I can't really remember where Eli is. The Manningham throw down the sideline in the second game. Okay, fair. That was one of the best throws in NFL And I mean, listen, he's the cardiac kid. He plays really well under pressure. I agree with it. He can win you games in the last two minutes, but when you're getting blown out because he can't, you know, manipulate a pocket or do anything. It doesn't matter the last two minutes. And it, this season doesn't matter. It's because the Giants didn't go out and get a dominant offensive lineman. They should have made more signings at offensive lineman than just Nate Solder. When they lost out on Andrew Norwell to the Jaguars, that kind of spun the wheels in motion in a negative way. Yeah. They kind of sputtered in that's, the ground. Because that's the guy who I was going to refer to. They should have thrown all the cash at him and then went they after did. Solder. They offered him more than Jacksonville did. He just well, wanted to go to Jacksonville. Yeah, well, obviously. Um, but I mean, listen, the Giants should have done everything they could to share up that share up that offensive line. I mean, I know Darius Geis got hurt, but that's a second rounder that you could have gone after if you drafted the guy out of Notre Dame. He would have been a perfect fit. He's not Shaquan Barkley, but he's damn near close. Definitely good enough. I, I, I mean, this it doesn't is, even matter if they're close or not, dude. The running back position is moot unless you have an offensive line to run behind. It doesn't matter whether you're an overall first pick or a second or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. I saw a mad broad, a mad Bradshaw as a seventh round pick succeeded behind a, a decent offensive line, and that offensive line wasn't great. It was really good in pass protect. It wasn't great run blocking, and Bradshaw and Jacobs still found success because at least they could establish an aerial attack. And then when they did want to run the ball it was kind of like backwards they were able to you know get some good chunk yards Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter i mean you have these great amazing singular talents at skill positions that essentially don't matter because they're never going to get the opportunity to showcase their real their real talent and it's a damn shame because they should be so much better and i don't know what their game plan is now you know they're playing houston this week we'll go into our picks they're they're gonna they're on the they're on a path that they were last year and there's no great quarterback coming out this year. Do you pick an offensive lineman? Do you trade everybody that isn't named Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. and Landon Collins and accumulate as many draft picks as you can? Go offensive line, offensive that line, offensive line, offensive line. Either. The defense has looked okay. The problem with the defense is they're on the field for a they're on the long field time. for a long time because they don't get key stops, but they are kind of that bend and bro- don't break well, defense. When the Giants are punting but all the, the time, but as that's well. the other problem is is when you're going three third and out, you know, three and out, they don't have any chance. And when every single play is third and eleven, obviously not converting, they are already putting their helmets on, knowing they're going back out there. Yep. It, it, it's a damn shame. I mean. As a fan, it's obviously frustrating, which is hence my rant. But even as a football organization, you know, you always pride yourself on saying, okay, where are we as an organization? We have to be one step ahead, two steps ahead to plan for the future to make sure that we don't go through 10 years of ineptitude. That is where they've been. They haven't been a playoff team 
with the exception of 2016, since their Super Bowl run of 2011, a 2016 season lasted one game in Green Bay because the offense showed that it couldn't score. The defense finally gave in to the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, and they haven't sniffed it since. A three-win team last year, they're well on their way again this year. It sucks. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it, it just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Dave Gettleman, 67-year-old general manager, they bring in, you know, he's trying to say, add to his legacy, I drafted a Hall of Famer. Well, you're not drafting for the future of the franchise, so enjoy the, your Hall of Fame running back, a la Barry Sanders, that never wins a playoff game. To put a bow on it, at least for me personally, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of my bottom four, and I'm inserting the Giants into the bottom I am four. too. I don't see where they're getting wins. I mean, they can't do anything. So, anyway, that's kind of my post-mortem right, rant. so let's, let's move on, on to the to breakdown it. of the AFC and moving on to the Giants compadres, to the Giants doppelganger in the AFC, which, in my opinion, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the difference between the two teams is that the Giants have, as you said, a decent defense. Pittsburgh Steelers have a fucking Swiss cheese defense, and the Pittsburgh Steelers can put up points, and the Giants can't. Um, This is a lot more of a circus, but the reason why I'm comparing the two is because the Pittsburgh Steelers have the best wide receiver in football. The Giants have probably the second best. The Giants have one of the best running backs in football. Pittsburgh Steelers have two of the best running backs in football with James Conner. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely murdering it. But the biggest thing they have is an aging quarterback that looks done. And Ben Roethlisberger's got a lot more balls and he can hold up a lot better than Eli just because he's a hefty man and he's not going to take a hit like Eli. But he is making some terrible decisions and he's got to lead the league in interceptions so far by a mile. Yeah. That was a shootout in Kansas City. That was in Pittsburgh. That was their home game. In Pittsburgh against Kansas City. And, I mean, God damn it, Patrick Mahomes looks like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And this is what Andy Reid does, and I know that. That guy has the best arm I've ever seen on a quarterback, better than even Brett Favre. Oh my God, dude, he's incredible. He's really incredible. What's, what's crazy is, is that they're all, they're off, their offensive line is not that good, but they don't even have a chance to get some pressure on this guy because he's getting it out so fast. The skill players are so fast that they're 20 yards down the field before they can even get a rush, and this guy's got the fucking bazooka to get it there. Yeah, man, he's so special. And honestly, like you watch him throw the ball, and it doesn't matter whether it's a deep route. It doesn't matter whether it's a cross route. I mean, he can sling it out. He hits every screen and stride. I mean, he has the skill position players to do it, like you said. Not to mention he can run around, too. Oh, yeah. No, super athletic. I mean, what's not to like? And he sat behind Alex Smith, who, you know, we say what we do about Alex Smith. Everybody does. Game manager glorified. Whatever. He's still, like, he won games in Kansas City. And for Mahomes to learn that system for a year and then be able to walk into that dream of a situation that he has on the offensive side of the ball. My God, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Hill, Travis Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, up and down the line, man. Even Sammy Watkins, who's a fucking, all he can do is run a straight line down the field. which Works well for Mahomes. Absolutely. Mahomes is that guy that says, you know what, just keep running and I'll hit you in stride. And that's what he's done thus far. Putting up the yardage that he has, Jesus. But yeah, and going their to defense your- is—it's going to be a shootout team. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts. But Eric Berry coming off that Achilles is going to get back and be a little bit better. They have a couple other other players coming back. Their defense is not going to be great, but they're going to be serviceable for an offense that can put up 42 points in Pittsburgh on the road. Imagine what they could do at home. Agreed. And the Steelers' defense has been suspect now for some time. I mean, Mike Tomlin. You know, moving on to the Steelers because I think we said enough about yeah, the Chiefs. Shoot. The Mike Tomlin is just 
you know, Terry Bradshaw has been shitting on him for years. I just don't think he's a great coach. I mean, he inherited. He's not showing it. As as did John Gruden inherit a um, what's the guy's name? The Colts coach, Tony Dungy team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He inherited a Bill Cower team and brought them to the Super Bowl. And, you know, he's basically riding high off that. Supposedly he's not a great offensive guy. Supposedly he's not a great defensive guy. So what is he? He's it? good for a speech. Great speech giver. Yeah. Those aviators look really good on the <laughs> sideline. But aside from that, um, there's been a lot of articles out that he that he lost the locker room. And yeah, I mean, Brown shit, was a no-show this week. Brown on no-showed. He also, you know, went back and forth at it with a fan on, on Twitter. Le'Veon Bell situation yeah, what are you on the doing? side. I mean... And then Big Ben one day saying, I'm going to retire. And then the next game, I'm going to play for 10 years with Tom Brady. I mean, this team, and they have a really tough schedule coming up. Who knows? They could start off 0-6 with that kind of offensive firepower. And Le'Veon Bell is just sitting back and saying, enjoy that, guys. I'm just going to save my body for that huge contract I'm going to get. Yeah, I'm going to hang out on my uh, on my jet ski and, and just kind of and just kind of coast. Yeah. <laughs> like, can, I, can you blame him? I no. I mean, to tie the Cleveland Browns. And then to follow it up with this game at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Dude, they gave up 42 to Jacksonville in the AFC Divisional last year. The Blake Bortles run Jaguars scored 42 on them in Pittsburgh, which is basically unheard of. Yeah, well, yeah, Blake Bortles played the game of his life, but I, still. But still, like, you give a 42 to anybody in a playoff game at home, that's crazy, let alone it being the Jaguars. I mean, they, they kind of just, like what you said, talk about the doppelganger of the Giants. I mean... Just turn the page, just turn the calendar. You don't even know it's 2018 and a new season. It's where they picked up from last year. Really struggling. Yeah, Roethlisberger's a turnover machine. He will probably lead the AFC at least in interceptions. That defense can't stop anybody. There seems to be a lot of dysfunction. Big time issues for a proud organization in Pittsburgh, and I don't know Tom what the future. Doesn't last the year. Yeah, I mean, I think if they get and they're not the one known thing to be about a team them, to fire anybody. Yeah, and, and another comparison, if you want to continue with the Giants, you know, from this from this AFC uh, from this AFC side is. They don't like to be embarrassed. You know, this is a proud organization, just as the Giants. You know, they've been around forever. They've had the same ownership group forever. Family pass on down. They don't like. To, they might not be good, but they don't like to be embarrassed. And this is an embarrassment right now in Pittsburgh. And if you say they get off to an 0-4, 0-5, 0-6 start, yeah, I don't see him lasting because if you lose control of the locker room and there's dysfunction and these big personalities kind of are running around all over the place with with no control and you're losing games and your calling card's supposed to be defense. You can't do that. You're not scoring, you know, you're scoring points, but it's kind of inconsistent. There's a game where they'll struggle against the Browns, but then they'll put up, and they put up plenty of points to beat Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, come on. So it doesn't seem like they can get any two this facets is, of the game correct, and, and, and that's going to reflect negatively. Maybe the, the Bengals, too, that, are better than we thought they were at standing at 2-0. and This so. is the type of team that plays up to competition and plays down to inferior competition as well. But, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see. Do I see Antonio Brown being traded? Absolutely not. No way. I, but I don't see Le'Veon Bell coming back until week 10. Absolutely. I really don't. He's enjoying this really big time. And he's, like you said, he's just going to sit there and say, and just laugh and say, that even though James connor has been great, he's not Le'Veon no. Bell. I don't think Le'Veon Bell would have helped them in the Kansas City game, maybe in the Cleveland game. I think in the Cleveland game. We talked Absolutely. about this last week. Yeah. We, we believe they win that game if he's on the field. Absolutely. And I think Kansas City, I mean, shit, the guy's thrown, I think, what, 
12 touchdowns in the first, or even more. Uh, he's Mahomes is leading the league in touchdowns by oh, dude, far. Dude, he's gone. Enough. He had six touchdowns he alone. He shredded. Yeah, I think he has 12 shredded touchdowns. Shredded the Chargers defense. I think, defense. you know, even with Le'Veon Bell, and if they tie that game up, Mahomes just drives him down the field and scores again. Oh, yeah, I can't. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like Murphy's Law. Like, what, you, you're not going to stop him now. Like, just keep going, you exactly. know? Exactly. So, I think that it's going to be really interesting. I don't know if Tomlin survives the year. Le'Veon Bell is not going to be back for a while. Circus, man. Let's see what happens. I mean, it's, we're only two circus. weeks in, and thanks how much has happened already. But moving on to the next game, the Jaguars beat up on the Patriots 31-20, to and this game really wasn't that close. There was a couple no. garbage-time TDs. I saw a stat during the game. Tom Brady is like 0-6 in games above 90 degrees. I believe it was 97. It was, but you want to know? It's a fun fact, and I don't know if you know this, but as the year goes on in football, it actually gets colder. So who the fuck cares? Does it really? Yeah, it's crazy. Interesting. Even in Florida, it gets a little bit colder. Would you say that, especially in Foxborough, he's used to those conditions? Um, I would say that Boston summers get pretty warm, but you don't play football in, uh, <laughs> in the summer in Boston. So I'm really not that worried about the Patriots. They just got, got a new weapon, but it was an impressive win for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Had a really good game plan. They shut down Gronk. I'm sick and tired of hearing about Jalen Ramsey. He played like four fucking snaps. He didn't even Gronk. line up against him, man. He didn't do. He didn't line up in, against Odell. Great they corner. played zone the entire time against really the Giants. Really good cornerback, physical, very athletic, fast. Give A.J. Boye some credit. Give those safeties some credit. And give that rush some credit. Because if there's two things that Tom Brady hates, I've, I said it at the beginning, at the preview, He hates clearly he hates the heat, but he hates the rush too. Yeah. And there was a lot. You saw a lot of yelling and screaming on the sideline. But you know what? They just got a new weapon. We're going to talk about that in a few seconds. When Edelman comes back. Gronk gets we discussed this and I you games. know what yeah we we discussed this on the preview and I and know those, I mentioned it those young players get coached up more yeah I am not worried they about lose one or two games early in the season every fucking year and people go nuts and say oh my god do you remember that Monday night game in Kansas City I think it was 2014 where they got like they just got shellacked. I mean, and they, even last year. Yeah, well, they lost the opening night to to the Chiefs in Foxborough. But I'm talking about that Monday night game in Arrowhead a couple years that. back. They got destroyed. That game wasn't close from like the opening kickoff. And Tom Brady's and done. Every, Tom Brady's done. This team can't do anything. They were holding the Lombardi at the end of the season. So I, I'm never discounting them because of the division they play in, and they just systematically get better now. Sony Michelle just came off an injury. You know, he had a little yeah. bit of MCL thing going on. Listen, that's a tough situation. Jacksonville's a very good team. Edelman's back in two games. The, the Jacksonville defense is great. Bortles played really well. The running game, even without Fournette, was good. I mean, the Jaguars wanted to win that game. They feel like they didn't yep. finish through in the AFC Championship game seven months ago. And listening to a lot about the, the Patriots and the Jaguars, if there was a game to miss Leonard Fournette, that was the game because it forced the Jaguars to spread the ball out, and the Patriots are not fast on defense laterally. No. If you're going to run up and down on them and just try and run it down their throat and run the clock out, which is what they tried to do in the championship game, you saw what happened. The Patriots came back and they won it. But if you keep your foot on the gas pedal and make those linebackers that are really slow run laterally, they could not stop them. And missing Leonard Fournette left the Jacksonville Jaguars with no option but to make Blake Bortles throw it, 
make him run it for a first down and make those guys like Cole and Yeldon become running backs. And those guys aren't run it down your throat kind of running backs. Those are lateral guys. You know, that's like Kenyon Drake. That guy's not going to, you're not going to shove it down the fucking line every no. single time. But you know what those they guys can do? run outside the tackles and they catch balls in the flat. They could run outside the tackles. They can catch the ball in the flat, but you know what they can also do is extend yardage. You know, they, they run like wide receivers and, and, Props to Bortles, too, man. I mean, every time it looked like he could regress into the Blake Bortles we've known, he's ma- he made some serious throws. And, and we don't know what the Patriot defense is. We know right now it's not great. We expect them to get better as the year progresses. But Bortles made some serious plays, man. And, and you know what? we we Everybody knows what we think of him. He was damn good in that in that game. And they played that game like they needed to win as if it was as bad as the AFC Championship yep. game back in January. So from, good from for them. That was a year, statement win. From last year to this year, and I think it's a credit to that big-time offensive line that he has and just him stepping up as a quarterback, he's been leaps and bounds better than he was the years previous to that. And I think they have to you know, kind of like loosen the knows, leash on him a little bit too. He knows who he is. He knows what he can do, and he knows what he can. But you also He's not Patrick Mahomes. No, he's not going to go out there But you it. also cannot put you know a restraint on your quarterback like to the point where you're afraid to let him make plays which is what they did in the AFC championship game remember we discussed it and when we were talking about Trubisky we kind of said the same thing right like make the plays make the plays for three quarters three and a half quarters okay we're winning we need to preserve this win okay we're going to totally back off and not even give you a chance and you're kind of like muzzling him a little bit I mean they they let him make the throws you know, this is his fifth year in the league now. They let him make the throws they felt he was able to make. He felt he was able to make, rather. And and props to him, he made them. And I think that just makes them that much better. He's never going to be a guy that you look at and say, wow, they won that game because of Blake Bortles. But you can at least give him the chance to say, hey, he contributed in a big way and we didn't you know, completely close the door on him when we had a lead. Because if this was the Jaguar team from last year, they take their foot off the gas, as you alluded to, make it a running game, play not to lose, and the Patriots maybe come back or at least force overtime. Not this week. The Bortles made the plays. Jacksonville played that game for all 60 minutes with aggression, ready to win, and they did, and good for them. I mean, now they're 2-0, and and maybe we're, maybe they are the cream of the crop in that AFC South. Yeah, maybe. As long as this defense can stay healthy, I think they are. But I said earlier in the preview, I just don't think statistically, you know, I think it's going to regress to the mean. And this defense is going to be able to Only two weeks in, but we'll healthy. see. Absolutely. So we'll talk Big about the Patriots anyway. a little bit more. They made quite the acquisition. They got Josh Gordon for a fifth-round draft pick. Um, and they got, I believe, a seventh back. And if he doesn't play ten games with the Patriots, they get another seventh. So they really didn't give up too much to get him. And... I understand what the ceiling is on this. Randy Moss, 2007. I don't want to hear it. I don't. He's agree not with Randy that at Moss. All. He's not. No, he's not Randy Moss. But they hope he's not Chad Ochocinco either. Of course not. And now listen, this guy's got a lot more skill than Chad Ochocinco on his last legs. I don't think he's Randy Moss. But my thing is this: first of all, the guy hasn't really played football in five years. I know he played a few games last year, and he played 11 games, and he had 1,600 yards, and he was great. But I listen to somebody say this, and I think they put it perfectly. We got to stop wanting Josh Gordon to be a great player more than Josh Gordon wants to be a good player. It's got to be on himself. And if he can't do it in New England, 
where it is the most controlled, most structured lifestyle you have, which they say for an addict to have structure is great. There's no place better to be than New England, and I hope he does amazing. Even as a Jets fan, I wish him the best. I hope he does amazing. Because yeah, he's not a bad kid. No, he's not fighting at all. a disease. He's just had a little bit of trouble. I mean, if you can't do it in New England, then you can't do it at all. And there's one thing about the Patriots. If they see you as a detriment to winning, they'll cut you loose. They might cut him loose tomorrow if he shows up late. They don't care about the Oh, players. they will cut him loose if he shows up late tomorrow. And, and people that are shitting on the Cleveland Browns, because I've seen a lot of this on Twitter and whatnot, you could not have done more for a guy over five years than they did for him. Agreed. At some point, you just got to take the loss. It's like it's the same thing as you have a great friend that just keeps fucking up. At some point, that person's got to want whatever they're talented at. They got to want to do that more than you want for them to do that. I've stuck with you for this long. I'm a great fucking guy. <laughs> <What are> you, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and it's the same thing with him. At some point, Josh Gordon, who's a grown ass fucking man, has to wake up and just want it for himself. Agreed, man. I mean, true. Truthfully, I mean, but to look at it from a football perspective, because we he, got a he little could provide deep there. an element. No, but I think that it's not that deep, man. I mean, I think that's what everybody's talking about with with Josh Gordon. Everybody knows the talent that he yeah. possesses and and he what could, he could do from a football standpoint. He he's facing reason, demons. He could be the reason why they're holding up another Lombardi, or he could be out in three weeks. Listen, this is I. You know, from every and, and we're not going to get into this today because we'll be here for seven hours if we do, but. I don't know if you've seen any of the excerpts from the Ian O'Connor book on Belichick yet, but it sounds like Brady was super close to leaving and not coming back. And I think this is the, this is the last year with everything coming out about their relationship and how it's been tethered and, and this, that, and the other. Oh, is, Jesus. This is leading up to some $20 billion documentary that they're going to make. So oh, money no doubt. Of. No doubt. Just but like also... The, just like the Parcells one. Yeah, but you, don't get me wrong, man. I mean... Things aren't pretty there, but they're stuck with him. Garoppolo's gone. They don't have a future quarterback. You want to talk about putting all the eggs in a basket? Well, it's time now for Brady. I'll take Tom Brady over Eli Manning. I will too. Yeah, <laughs> don't, even though Eli's gotten the better of him twice, I will. I will take Brady seven days a week and and twice on Sunday. Um, you know, truthfully, is. They know they need more weapons, and mm-hmm. even once they get Amendola or uh, uh, Edelman back. Losing Amendola, they need another weapon. Josh Gordon possesses a talent that he hasn't had since a Randy Moss from an aerial yep. assault attack. And and you know what? If he helps them win another championship and they go out in whatever separate paths that they might, you know what? They made their last-ditch effort. And this is a low-risk, high-reward. You know, if he doesn't work out, they cut him, and his future is, is completely shattered in the NFL. Just like Justin Blackman, man. That guy got yes. all the chances. He came in the year after at all. There's Oklahoma something State. to be said to be t- for talent, man. I mean, he has it all. Uh, he's just not going to, you know, this is his last chance to really prove the football world and himself most importantly that he's over the hump for everything Absolutely. So, so go for- there to that structure and i think they're i think he's gonna have they're gonna work him into that system i know you have your take i think they're gonna work him into their system i don't think they're gonna make him an intricate part of the offense just yet but they're no. gonna ease him in there they're I gonna th- put him in the best position to succeed and then here they go well, listen, I think that from a football perspective, I hope it all works out for him. I think the ceiling is the highest of a player in a really long time, and I think the fl- like the difference between the ceiling and the floor is the farthest apart of any player in a really long time. Ceiling truly is Randy Moss. It really is. 
That's so hard because be, Randy Moss is just one of the best, if not I think the best wide be, receiver I, ever. I think he could be right up there with that. That's the I'm saying the ceiling. Like that's the top of the mountain. Bottom, he's cut tomorrow. He doesn't show up. Sleeps oversleeps his alarm. Bottom, and he's, he's Justin Blackman. Yes, exactly. Um, but I think he's going to play those a lot. asking who exactly. I, I think he I think he's going to play a lot this weekend just because of the fact that they are so short when it comes to weapons. I think he's going to play a ton of snaps. I think they take a couple shots to him this weekend. Maybe he reels one or two in. It's going to be really interesting. But what do you think? The last question on this one. What do you think the chances are that if the Patriots make it to the championship game, if they make it to the to the to the Super Bowl, whatever their last game is played, if he's still on the active roster, what are the chances? Um, you know, I'm going to give the kid the benefit of the doubt. I, I really hope because I'm hoping for him. I think this is the best case scenario for him. I'm going to say 90%. Wow. I'm going. I, I'm I really saying, do. I'm going to go a lot more conservative with that. I'm putting it right down the middle at 50-50. Okay. I, I, just think, because, he's, I think he's going to do it, man. Just uh, because of this, man. Go. The Cleveland Browns gave him every single opportunity possible. They basically let him skip training camp for no reason that they would let any other player on the team do it. He shows up. He qu- catches a touchdown in week one, hurts his hamstring doing a photo shoot, and then they they finally, after five years, give it up and cut him. I mean, listen, I'm different than him, but if somebody gave me that many chances, thank God that I haven't been in those positions in my life and I haven't fucked up that bad. But if somebody gave me that many chances, I like to think I would be a little bit more grateful and I wouldn't have done something stupid like that. So you know why I'm going to go on the other side? Because the Browns gave him the the feeling of entitlement. And when you're a bad team and a bad organization that's completely devoid of talent, you feel that you can get away with murder, especially when they continue to make excuses for you to play. For every example that you just detailed, right? Allow you to skip training camp. Continue to let you play. You score. You do great. They think the world of you because they've won one game in two years. Well, you know what's that? The Patriots? Yeah, that's not how it works there. They win two games in two weeks. (laughs) So if he pulls any of that shit, the entitlement's gone. The, the long leash is gone and it will be pulled from him like that at the snap of a finger. So I think that he knows that he's going into a position where the structure is so it's like military camp, man. it's like boarding school. You know, you're taking a troubled child who's gotten away with everything because of, you know, rich parents who just throw the money. You know, you're getting a kid who's played on a bad team, was a top draft pick on a team that sucks, that, you know, will go out of their way for him. He doesn't really think that there's ramifications because if they cut him, what really do they have? Yeah, they're not going to have that in New England. So, I'm on the other side of you. That's yeah. why I say 90%. You and know I know I went on a soliloquy there, but that's why I think, I legitimately think it's, uh, he you made knows a lot of this good is points. the time, okay? So go. What, right. what are we on to next? I think we're going to the Broncos-Raiders game, right? The John Gruden special? <laughs> that game, man, first of all, this guy out of Colorado State, Patrick Lindsay, is electric. I mean, I can't believe he took, basically taken that guy Freeman's job. It's a two-man job out there. Case Keenum, I guess you can say, did enough to win. I mean, he managed the game really well. That's what I said he would do. Yeah. I mean, listen, it was against John Gruden. Why don't you fucking relax over there? (laughs) I I sounded pretty relaxed. I want them to go 0-16. I love it. I absolutely love it. And as much as I like Amari Cooper and I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback, 
What they he did had the best g- game in of like the last two years. Yeah, no, no drops, so that was good. Not, I mean, but you know, this game I expected the Broncos to win. You know, it was it was at home in Denver. That's a high altitude game. They always win early, and they pulled one out. I don't think Denver has a very good head coach, but I guess in two thousand and eighteen, he's a little bit better than John Gruden. That's all. That's all I have to say about that game. Yeah, I mean. I echo that. We don't need to spend too much time on this game. Please, though, tell me that you heard John Gruden's comments today. Go ahead. Oh, my God. He said, yeah, it's hard to find a really good pass rusher in the league these days. Holy <laughs> shit. kidding. You had one on your... F- I'm moving on from that one. If anybody doesn't understand that, nine stop years, listening. Nine years, 90 million left on his deal. Jesus Christ. He's got about the same haircut as the as Mark the Davis, owner. By yes, the way. it's hilarious. Um, so moving on, the Chargers rolled the um, Buffalo Bills as expected. This was one of your picks. I guess you should just go against the Bills all year. I'm going to. Chargers had a good game. Melvin Gordon had a big time game. Three three receiving touchdowns. Um, and the Bills. Um, this I'm just going to give you one thing about the Bills. This pretty much um, sums up their entire season this year. Vontae Davis retired at halftime. Good for him. I'm surprised it was only him. He's on to bigger and better things, I suppose. I mean, you're not on the Bills, so you can only go up, you right? You don't have to say anything more than when a player retires after going through all of training camp, which by all accounts from every single player is the hardest thing to do in the NFL. You made it to the easy part. You're just playing once a week and doing some light practices, and you fucking quit. That's it. He's accomplished, too, man. He's a veteran in this Ten league. Year vet. Yeah. He's been a multiple-time Pro Bowler. Amazing. Next up is the Titans against the Texans. This game was weird. Blaine Gabbert went out there and beat up on your MVP pick, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, my AFC one's not looking good. But they played the Giants this week, so I think this is his time to shine. Um, No, yeah, I I was surprised, man. I mean, I really thought the Texans were going to take that That game. That defense does not look good. That offensive line is bad. I think Bill O'Brien and Mike Tomlin are in a race to be first coach fired. Do you think if they go 0-3, 0-4, that O'Brien's gone? I don't think Bill O'Brien has been held in high regard the last few years. And I know he had those years with the Patriots, and he had a really good run with Penn State. But I just don't think that he's he's a very good head coach. Mike Vrabel, baby. I called him, though. Yes, yes, yes. They're one-on-one. Yes. Um, I, that game was very weird because they didn't really get a lot of rushing yards. It was a lot of trick plays. They didn't get a lot of rushing yards from either of their of their two running backs, and none of their wide receivers had a good game either. I was like, how the fuck do they put points on the board? I don't even understand it. Yeah, somehow but, they came away with it. I mean, good for them. Why not, though, dude? I mean, honestly, in this wide-open AFC South – why not them? I mean, I, I, I think Jacksonville is still the cream of the crop. Uh, they took care of New England. They beat a horrible Giants team. I think they're somewhere in the middle between that, don't you think? Yeah, most likely just about in the middle. I I, I think I picked Tennessee to go to the playoffs, and I, I really don't know. We'll see when Mariota comes back and is fully healthy if he can take that step forward. But moving on to the final game in the AFC, and I texted you this on Thursday night saying, this is when I think I'm going to make a run against you in our little bet. Didn't really work out that way this weekend, but I got off to a hard, hot start. I took the Bengals and a pick em against the Baltimore Ravens, and they beat up on the Ravens big time. Andy Dalton had one of the best games he's ever had on primetime, 
And um, the game was a little bit closer than it felt, but that game was over pretty quickly. And yeah. it could have been a lot worse had Green John had, Brown made not a couple of incredible catches. Yeah, A.J. Green had three TDs in the first half. And I those mean, were only three catches. Right. Uh, I mean, but there Joe goes Mixon to show how goes explosive out, he is. Joe Mixon goes out early in this game. He's going to be out for a few weeks, getting arthroscopic knee surgery, just to clean up some, I don't know, something floating in his knee. I don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. But I think that he'll come back healthy and this team will be fine. And you know what? This division is wide open, bro. Like... With the Steelers and the Ravens looking the way they are, Steelers are 0-1 and 1. The Ravens are 1 and 2. One Cincinnati, and one. sorry, 1 and 1. I, Cincinnati can make a run, man. They really could. Oh no, they can. And I mean, come on. The narrative with with the Bengals has been the same for what seems like forever, right? I mean, they generally have the talent to be good, but they shoot themselves in the foot. I. I I don't know with them. I mean, I, I that was a great performance. They usually shit the bed in primetime games, particularly at home. It seems like they just kind of freeze up. But that was a great performance for all the good reasons that Joe Flacco and the Ravens had for the first week. I think we can pin that on the Buffalo Bills. I would think so, too, when you have a player uh, retire. Cause they did, <laughs> yes, because they did not look that good on the road. That in a uh, interdivision matchup in week two, and I know those Thursday night games are hard. I don't know. Do you just throw those away? I mean, I know they count in the standings, but what do you make it? I mean, they're, they're on such a short week; it's so hard. I really think it those interdivision games. I think are different, right? Because you you know the opponent so well because you're going to play them twice a year. You got plenty of film on them. They're so, you're so familiar, especially with the coaches. Harbaugh and Lewis, who have matched up against each other forever. I think it comes down to player preparation, man. Honestly, and I wouldn't say it's coaching because Marvin Lewis is one of the worst coaches in the NFL to still have a job. But I just think it's whichever team is more prepared as a whole is ready for that Thursday night game because you're not going to have your best effort. Everybody's gassed. It's only been, what, four days since the last time you played? But I just think it just comes down to whoever's prepared. Um, But moving on to the NFC, we'll lead off with the Rams. 34 to nothing. Do we have to say anything more? And the one thing that's really fun about the Rams, if they're playing any team aside from the Arizona Cardinals or the Buffalo Bills, just take the over because this team reminds me of a college team trying to get into the playoffs. They'll fucking run up the score. They I'm don't give happy a shit. you said that. I fucking love it. It's old school, man. And they don't give a shit. They're trying to put an image up there. They want to be that rent, renegade. You know, they got those bad boys on defense, kind of what you, what was the word that you used during our preview? They're kind of just nutcases, right? Like they're all, yeah, psychos. That was it. Like, I love it. That's exactly how they play. McVay is the perfect coach for that. Wade Phillips is the perfect defensive coordinator for that team because he's subtle, not great as a head coach. But you can see he's got that old school kind of good old boy mentality of just Smash beat the living man. shit out of the opposing offense. And did you see the stat that Arizona, because I'm going to assume that you were like me, that we didn't spend really a minute on this game watching. Arizona did not have a play in Rams territory till the last play of the game. Jesus Christ! So, I, mean, I know, I know. <laughs> Bradford I have, had 90 yards passing. Is it time have, for Sam um, Rosen? I have. I think it's getting. Really Josh close. Rosen, Sam Rosen, Josh Rosen. Yeah, you combine the two quarterbacks there, but I do think another two games like this, and you're going to see Rosen being named the starter real quick. And I don't think Sam Bradford is going to make it two games to be honest. Oh my God! Jesus Christ! Is, if he has to play any kind of defense like that, Jesus. 
Absolutely. So, yeah, the Rams, we don't really have to say much about that, but they're a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And the Cardinals, great matchup this week that we'll talk it down about. It's one of our worst four teams, and with the, right up there with the New York Giants. I know that's going to get you upset. And the Buffalo Bills. <sighs> I'm over it, man. This is like last year. It's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome right now. So the next game is the 49ers beat Matt Patricia and the Lions. Matt Patricia is a rocket scientist and the Lions. And um, I was listening to a podcast with Mike Lombardi, and he made a really good point about Matt Patricia with the stupid fucking pencil in the ear. Why do you have a laminated play card if you're going to have a pencil in your ear? A permanent marker or, or a dry erase marker? Understandable, because you can actually write on the fucking piece, on the lamination. What are you doing with a pencil? Shove it up your ass. You're better with that. Now, see, this is the kind of insight you don't get on most podcasts. Thank you, sir. That the, I, He's just terrible. Enough said. And the Patriots couldn't have got rid of him quicker. Somehow they finagle and they pull McDaniels back in because the guy's got a lot of talent as an offensive coordinator. They kicked his. They kicked Patricia's ass out the door so quick because you know what? If you watch those two Super Bowls and you watch the last five years as he was the Patriots' defensive coordinator, they sucked on defense. Oh, yeah. No, they weren't good. And, and I was just happy that the Giants didn't get him because it was rumored forever that the Giants had him as their number one target now Shermer hasn't done much better but I would ra- at least he doesn't look like a like a jackass on the sideline well, I would put him like we're Patricia not going to make any friends with Matt Patricia he's not going to be on the show we could put him on we could put him out there with John Gruden no man he's going to be our first guest when we get when we, <laughs> when we get when 49ers, we go out. 49ers look good they had a really good day out of Matt Breida great block by Pierre Garçon I don't know if you saw that one big play the guy was blocking for like 65 yards good for insane. him um, that guy is just a throwback kind of player. Been in the they league miss, for a while too. Yes, they miss their um, they miss their best wide receiver in Marquise Goodwin, but he looks to be back. And Jimmy G just did a good job managing. I mean, he still had a couple turnovers, but he, with time, he will be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He is the best looking quarterback in the league. All right, it's not even close. All right, all right. Well, you know, and Kyle on. Shanahan is a great offensive mind. He is. Uh, all right, moving on from that because truthfully. I, I think Garoppolo will always have a little bit of turnover syndrome. I think that's just the way he plays. I think that's going to be part of what makes it's him gonna great. going to win him games, and it's going to lose him exactly. games. Exactly. Kind of a gunslinger mentality. When he gets a better defense around him out there in Fortnite, and they're building something nice out no, there, No, they are. gets some more weapons, yeah. they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I agree. Right I, when, when the Rams, I like watching them play, When man. the Rams start to decline, because at some point you're going to have to pay golf, at some point, you're going to lose all these. The Rams are a three-year window. We know Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Look at the Eagles, man. They're already starting to decline. Mm. I mean, Carson Wentz is coming back, and we'll we'll see I how they do. I want to see them at full strength. Absolutely. I'm not ready to you don't have Alshon Jeffrey. Darren Sproles is banged up. A few other guys too. It'll be interesting to see how the Eagles do this year. It doesn't really matter because you're in a division where nine wins get you the division. No doubt. So moving on, we got the next game. I've seen this story before. I don't know where. I can't put my finger on it. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing absolutely out of his mind for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where did that happen before? Can you remind me? I think you can do a better job. When he played for the fucking New York Jets. (laughs) I know this guy is leading the fucking MVP race right now. But everybody just pumped the brakes. He pulled okay? the Conor McGregor look too, man. I thought he, he was ready to go take a he, fight. That was <laughs> go hilarious. Fight in the octagon. He's always been a very interesting, entertaining guy. 
Don't know if you knew this, but he went to Harvard. I was just going to say, if I have to hear that he went to Harvard one more time from a guy that's been in the league for 13 years, I'm going to lose my shit. I think this. I will put it to you If this he was way. smarter, he would have found a way to stick as a starting quarterback in the league they don't for a have, long time. They don't have a defense. They don't have a running game. There is a reason why he's throwing for close to 500 yards. They can't do anything else, but I'll tell you what, it's a lot of fun to watch him go out there and play free, and he's better than Jameis Winston. I said it. He's better than Jameis Winston right now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's definitely obvious. Speaking of Jameis Winston, the Giants should be making phone calls as we speak. I'll pass. I don't need to deal with him. Um, for, for a seventh-round conditional pick, I would take him in a heartbeat. I don't need to see him. I, I, I'm, I'm going to hope that the Giants can draft somebody else and, okay. and move on from that. I, I mean, if I'm going to get a guy that's suspended all the time, uh, no thanks. He, we, the Giants have enough issues. But moving back onto the so onto the Buccaneers, dude. So listen to this, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick, I told you, he's Jeff Garcia. Every single time that he gets a chance to come in for a suspended player or an injured player, he lights the world on fire. And he's going to tease every single coach and organization to believe that he's the guy. Here's a trend. How'd he do in Buffalo when he came in for whatever the hell quarterback was out there at the he time? He did well. And he then was they amazing. Resigned him and resigned he was him sucked. Then the Jets bring him in. Okay, you're going to battle Geno Smith. Geno Smith, Geno Smith gets punched in the face. He leads you guys. I think statistically, he was the best quarterback you guys ever had in a single season. Stop. Ten and six. Stop. No. And then he, then the Jets pay him, and then he throws six picks in Kansas City, and out the door he goes. And now he's doing the same exact thing in Tampa Bay. I don't want to hear how he's going to be the starting quarterback. And maybe he is better than Jameis. And maybe they should turn their back on Jameis. But if they invest in Fitzpatrick for any more than this year, it will be a giant mistake. And we will see them go back to one of the worst teams in the the league. Right now, have fun with it because it's a great story. I hear everything you're saying. But a guy that has thrown for over 400 yards in the first two games and all his teammates love him, you can't bring in Jameis Winston unless he fucks no, up. No, that's what I'm saying. It, it, is I? It, it's cool to turn your back on Jameis if you don't believe he's the guy, but you also can't put. You also can't make Ryan Fitzpatrick your guy going forward. You Absolutely. have to. You have to turn the page on the quarterback position after this year. So moving on to the losing team, he's old this too. Game, the Super Bowl champions go down to Fitzmagic and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the way I feel about this one, their defense hasn't fully rounded into the form. They don't have their wide receivers. And, you know, the carousel turned into a pumpkin on Nick Foles, and it's over. Yeah, absolutely. Patriots fans should be sick to their stomach watching this guy play now after the run he went on against them and everybody else. It was a storybook season for him last year, and I think, you know, you're always going to regress to the norm. At some point, you are what you are. We just talked about it with Fitzpatrick. Foles is the same way. You know, remember, he had that historic season in Philly, his first go-round when Vic was hurt. What did he throw, two interceptions to like 30 touchdowns, and they didn't buy into him, and he went to the then St. Louis Rams and didn't do shit. And then they took him back as a backup, and this is what he is. You know, he can put together a crazy streak. The Eagles will never complain. He could throw 10 interceptions a game, I mean, Wentz is coming back this week, but he could throw 10 interceptions a game for the rest of his life, and the Eagle fans will be happy. Well, you can. He brought you your first Super Bowl. Exactly, and was an integral part. He didn't just ride the coattails of a a good team. So, 
Yeah, I mean, he's regressing back into Nick about Foles. It. I think this team wins the division. I don't think they have to work that hard. Who we'll see are, in the playoffs. Who else do they have to deal with? Yeah, we'll see in the playoffs how they perform. Next game up, Saints dodged a bullet in Cleveland. This one was no, it was in it was in New Orleans. Sorry, dude. in New Orleans. Yes, that's even which scarier. made it even worse. Um, this they one, opened their two games. Sorry, but they opened their regular schedule with two regular season schedule with two games at home. They get blown out by Fitzpatrick, and they should have lost to the Browns. Sorry well, to cut you off, but go ahead. A win's a win on the second one. Um, this one you chalk up to the Cleveland kicker, and the Saints almost lost this game themselves had he drilled that one and sent it into overtime. He missed how many? Three. Wow, that's incredible, and, and now that he's guy gone. needs to be cut. But they chose not to run the clock clock out at the end, and they gave Cleveland a chance. And if you were out there, maybe you could have kicked that field goal. I don't know. Uh, not me, but may, but anybody else that has a leg. That was bad. That was and that it was Cleveland Browns Classic football. Cleveland football. But and they cut him subsequently, of th- course. They did, and, and, and I gotta say for the, for the Saints though, I hope this was a wake up call for them. Because the NFC South is good. Carolina's solid. Atlanta's solid. I will say, over his entire career, Andrew Brees' entire career, Sean Payton is a notoriously slow starter. They started slow last year. I think they were like 3-3 three and three going into six games, maybe, maybe even lower. Everybody's like, what the hell's wrong with the Saints? Now, if you know one play away from a miracle in Minnesota, they would have been playing against Philly to go to the Super Bowl. I think this team's just fine. I'm confident in my Super Bowl picks. Okay, yeah. I mean, now we can throw another team into that NFC South, though. Oh, absolutely. Which that's, is, which that's is something we were not expecting. So we got a two and zero and three one and one teams. Between that and the NFC and the and the um, NFC North with the Packers up there, yes. I mean, listen, that that those two divisions are by far the most interesting. So Cleveland went out and got themselves another kicker. Good luck, God bless. They should have paid Dan Bailey twenty billion dollars a year to be their kicker if they want to win a few games. But moving on to the team that actually signed Dan Bailey, the Minnesota Vikings, and I guess they need him too. They went into Green Bay, and Case, um, not Case Keenum, I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins had a really, really good game. You know, there's your MVP candidate. He showed you something. MVP candidate is making me look a lot better. Dalvin Cook looked really good. Their entire offense is just volatile. They are crazy good. So I want to get to one play in that game that everyone's been talking about, but there's no reason why we can't. What in God's name is a form tackle if that Clay Matthews tackle was ruled um, aggressive? Well, you know, the refs Roughing have to... Roughing the passer on that? Give me a The break. refs have to learn the rules, too, just like the players. Oh, come on. <laughs> if you look at, like, there's, like, an instructional video that you can teach to the like youth players of how to tackle, that would be in it. And, and, like, I'm rooting for, obviously, Kirk Cousins because I'm looking at him and I'm like, that's my MVP pick. And there you go. He's fucking great. I mean, he's played really, really well, but he was given an opportunity because of that abysmal call. Yeah, man. And you know what? They they end in a tie. I don't remember the last time there's been two ties in a season in the NFL. Especially in the first, in the two, first weeks. two weeks, which is crazy. Rodgers looked really good on one leg. And, I mean, Rodgers is going to be Rodgers, and he's going to look really good on one leg. That Packers defense looks... Eh, that Minnesota defense is really dominant. I thought they were going to get a lot. I actually had them as one of my picks as well. Of course, they were fucking minus one, and they tie the goddamn game. (laughs) But, I mean, I thought that Minnesota line was going to get a little bit more pressure. But, you know, it's a dogfight in the NFC North, and I I just chuck it up to Aaron Rodgers just being an absolute brilliant, brilliant man. I mean, that's... 
Brilliant man is strong, but brilliant quarterback is fair. All right, moving on to the final game. This is one of your picks. You got it fucking dead wrong. Bears you defense. You couldn't wait to say that. Why don't you just lead with the goddamn score? <laughs> Bears defense basically wins that game. Mitchell Trubisky does a good job managing it. Russell Wilson didn't know what the hell to do out there. I did find where John Gruden could find a uh, a pass rusher, though. Oh, What's his name? Khalil Mack in absolutely. Chicago. He Guy is absolutely dumb. Freak show. Oh, yeah. It, it was incredible, that game. I mean, you really don't have to say anything except Seattle was banged up. They don't have Doug Baldwin. And listen, Seattle's another team that starts off slow every year. Uh, Russell Wilson starts off slow. Comes that was the worst the he's end. looked, though. I mean, he made a great touchdown pass to Lockett to Mack get it back. Embarrassed him. Yeah, I mean, he made a great touchdown throw to Lockett in the third quarter um, to get it close. And then former giant great, great and asterisk, Prince of Mukamara, you know, completely baits him, runs a pick six back, and that sealed the deal. And then they also got um, on the next possession a, uh, a strip fumble and, and picked it up. So, yeah, I mean, really good defense. I was surprised. I mean, Trubisky didn't wow me at all, but he did just enough to win that game. We were recording during the first part of that game. I had the game recording. Um, picked it up live, and then watched the first half the next morning. I mean, that offense still doesn't do much for me. The Lions are 0-2. I thought they'd be better. Lot the Bears are 1-1. A lot of offensive weapons on that team, but again, the quarterback is just, he's an athlete playing quarterback. He's a run-first guy. Every time he misses his first read, he's going to take off. That defense but is great. I think but that's time, a classic Bears team, though. I think with time, Nagy's going to get him into a little bit better of a position as a quarterback, and they're going to be, they they could be in the playoff hunt as well. well let's face it, team. they're 2-0 and if Rodgers doesn't come back in heroic fashion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser, what else do you have to say? But um, moving on to our picks, because that wraps up the week. We're going to review our picks from last week. Not a good week for either either of us. We both went one and three. I think we both have a little too much confidence in the hometown teams. Um, We both took the Jets with the spread minus one against Miami. We recapped that game. Miami had a good uh, game plan against them. Giants... Oh, I'm sorry, the Jets were plus one, Giants were plus three. We don't have to talk about that one, Sean. I'll put you out of your misery. You were right on the Chargers at Buffalo, minus seven and a half. I mean, listen, just pick a g- <laughs> Why don't you? I'll, I'll make it hard on myself. I won't pick against Buffalo. I'll give you a game every week. You pick against Buffalo. I'm every not going to do it's that. Cute, I did that okay? for the first game. Just and relax. Then your last loss pick was Seattle plus three and a half. Against Chicago, I thought they'd be better. I, I agree with I, you. I really I did. Even on the road, you. man, I, I didn't buy into Chicago. Maybe that defense is a lot better than I thought. You and I were in lockstep with the Giants and the Jets, so I was wrong on that too. I had Cincinnati in a pick'em. I was right on Smart that call one. with that man. Thank I really you, thought sir. the Ravens had that. And then I had Minnesota minus one at Green Bay. Minnesota, thanks for signing Dan Bailey a week late. You fucking rats. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on to our picks this week. Let's go over the Jets and the Giants first, and we can give a little bit of preview of that game. Um, those games up and coming. So the Giants are at Houston. They're getting six points against the spread in Houston. I went with the New York Giants. I'm going to stick with this team, and my reason for this is more because of the Houston Texans 
than the New York Giants. I think the Texans are going to win by a field goal in this game. I think it's going to come down to a last-second field goal. I think that they are just not as great of a defensive team as you thought. They really haven't gotten much pressure on any of the quarterbacks that they've faced so far. Blaine Gabbert just beat him with no running backs in sight, for Christ's sake. I think Shaquan Barkley has a big-time game. I think Odell Beckham actually is participant in this game aside from just jogging out on routes Sean is rolling his eyes as I speak about this so why don't you give me your reasons why you think the Giants are going to lose and not cover it as I'm guessing I think that if you listen to the first part of this podcast it will explain everything that you need to know fuck so my going- team they they're horrible okay and I want to see them win of course I do but I'm not using my judgment to pick for them I think this line is fine this team sucks all right I take Houston at home Houston gets this win and covers. Okay, not much to say from Sean. Very quiet. So you got the New York Jets playing tomorrow I'm, I'm night. I'm a broken man. What more do you want me to say? I can see that between that and the Yankees. So you got the New York Jets traveling to Cleveland tomorrow night. It's going to be a fun game. Sam Darnold against Tyrod Taylor. Possibly Baker Mayfield. Probably not. Um, the Cleveland Browns. This has got to be their first time they're favorited in fucking years, which is sad for a Jets fan. Minus three in Cleveland. They're oh one and one, so true. This is a big start for them. True. Um, they are minus three in Cleveland. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. This is the game, man. This is the game. I think they put it all together. They sign a new kicker, and I think honestly, Tyrod Taylor does enough. I think Miles Garrett gets enough pressure on Sam Darnold to make it difficult. I know I'm going against everything because all I do is talk shit about Hugh Jackson. I think Jarvis Landry has a big game. I think Tyrod Taylor has a really good game rushing. And I think they do just enough to beat the Jets by four. I'm going with Cleveland. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm going with them to cover. I I mean, I'm going to go on with the Jets here, okay? They, They won the first game they had on the road against a Lions team that I thought would be better. There's a reason Cleveland hasn't won a game in two years plus now. They don't know how to close. They might have a new kicker, but it's not Dan Bailey. It's not anybody that I need to know. Yes, they've played well enough to be All two enough. All I need is a field goal here, baby. All Dude, I need is a field goal. I understand that, and and, and I don't think you're going to get it. I mean, they're they're two. They should be two and zero. But the end of the deal is is that they don't know how to close games. They're o they're o one and one, and I think the Jets bounce back here. Okay, they had kind of a a lackluster performance against the Dolphins. I, I don't think they played nearly as well as they could have. You, you're you the Jets fan on the panel, but I have a little bit more confidence in them. I loved what I saw from that Monday night game. That Sunday game against the Dolphins at home, okay, that's not going to spoil what I believe is a decent team. I do believe they're better than the Browns. I think they are much better than a field goal. Give me the Jets in this game. All right, man. I guess I'm going to be rooting for Cleveland this week. You're going to be rooting for the Jets. That's a uh, that's pretty interesting. I need a New York team that wins, man. I'm just so completely broken. <laughs> All right, now for our picks that we're going to go just basically off, you know, the rest of the schedule. First game I got, it is the Chicago Bears at the Arizona Cardinals. They are a six point favorite. Arizona Cardinals suck. I think the Chicago. I think they really. Their defense is terrible too. This is almost becoming like picking against the Bills. Just FYI. Oh, stop it! It's not that bad. It's getting there. I don't think Larry Fitzgerald plays much in this game. I think he might reaggravate that hamstring injury. Barcroats reaggravate. Um, I don't think they want the guy to get hurt. David Johnson has really been a nothing this year, probably because his team is terrible. And I think Chicago's defense might score a couple defensive touchdowns here. 
And even if Trubisky can't put it in the end zone, maybe they'll kick fucking 15 field goals in this game. I don't know. But I got the I got the Chicago Bears minus six in Arizona. Good for you, man. I mean, they broke my heart this past week. So, all right, Chicago. Um, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. They are at home against John Gruden's bowl cut and the Raiders. All right. Um, I don't like the Raiders at all. We both want them to lose every game. They played about as well as they have played or are capable of playing last week against Denver in Denver and lost. I've liked what I've seen from Miami, man. They beat a tough Tennessee game team. I know that game was nuts, you know, with the weather delays and whatever, but they still pulled it out. Those were tough situations for both teams involved. Then they went to the Jets and kind of spoiled the Sam Darnold party uh, and the Jets homecoming off a great win in Detroit. I'm going to keep it rolling. I think Tannehill's good enough to make plays. I don't think Carr plays as well as uh, as um, he did last week in Denver. I, I, I think that Miami has enough to win. Kenyon Drake has a nice game. Um, that game's three and uh, is a spread of three. I, I will definitely take that. Going with the road favorite. I'm rooting for you, man. No, no, I, no. That game's in Miami, man. I, I'm, I'm taking that game. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, So, finally, uh, this is the go to the bank, take out every single dollar you have, my lock of the year thus far. The New England Patriots at the Detroit Lions. The Matt Patricia special? Minus six and a half points. They're not even getting a touchdown. If anybody knows Matt Patricia, the best in the league, it's Does Bill Belichick. Of course, he's going to play like at least 30 snaps. It's Bill Belichick and it's the New England Patriots. Josh McDaniels went against him every single day in practice. Josh McDaniels was actually wanted by the Patriots. The Patriots kicked out Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia is not a good coach, okay? I think that the Patriots are probably going to win this game by 10 or more. This pick is an absolute lock. Don't have to say much more about it. Matt Patricia, take the fucking pencil out of your ear. Yes. All right. I I really like that pick too, but I'm not going to take it myself. Uh, the Chiefs at Arrowhead are six and a half point favorites over your boy, Jimmy G and whatever, however you like looking at him. Um, I love what Kansas city's done, man. How could you not? They've won two very impressive road You're games. All in, huh? Yeah, man. I mean, at least for now, I mean, they what the performance that they put up against the chargers in week one was special. And then they followed that up with a great performance. I know the Steelers defense isn't very good and we discussed their issues, but Mahomes, I mean, I'm going to ride this gravy train. I mean, he's playing great. Uh, that offense is special. That home crowd is going to be going nuts. They always are, but coming, having their first home game after a 2-0 start on the road, one against a divisional opponent who a lot of people picked to go to the Super Bowl, and another really good AFC team that's given them problems over the years. Mahomes against Jimmy G., Mahomes gets the better of that. He keeps it rolling. It's six and a half. I think they win by at least a touchdown at Arrowhead, where it's really hard to play for visiting teams. Give me the Chiefs. They're three and zero after this week. All right. So that about wraps it up for this podcast. We are we'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, the Yankees can take care of business against the Red Sox. Um, I know this is an NFL pod, but we're still Yankees fans. So follow we're promoting us. the next pod, man. That's okay. Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. 
Follow us on Instagram at sorry underscore sports. Always check out the website. And hopefully next week, um, next coming Wednesday, I can remember where the teams are playing and a few other people's names. Yeah, that would be great too. Uh, don't even worry about that though, man. It's always a work in progress. Also, continue to rate and subscribe. We want to hear from you guys. We we want to continue to get the word out about our podcast. We like our content. We know the people who are listening do as well. Tell everybody you know. We, we want to get those listens up. So we really appreciate you participating and uh, let's get the word out continually. All right. Good night. Good night, man.